First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate Cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. I saw all the, oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramont Plus. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen. But today, we have a special B-side episode. That's right, where we get off the Bruce bandwagon and we go to other musical journeys. And today, I am so excited, but not as excited as my lovely bride, Linda, because I have Lola today. And Lola, first welcome. Thank you. Now, tell us who we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about Kate Bush. That's right. We're going, to, we're going to run up that hill. Mm-hmm. We're going to scream for Heathcliff. Exactly. this is going to be awesome. But Lola, why don't you tell my listeners a little bit about yourself? My name is Lola Laracy. I'm originally from Savannah, Georgia. But I've made the trek to Alabama, and then now I'm in Florida. So I, I basically stayed in the tri-state area, you know, so... Stayed in the um, south, I guess, east? Yep, way okay. southeast. Yes. Yep, so I have my little niche, and I've never really left it. Um, I'm a writer. I have one book published on Amazon. It's also other places, but um, one of the main places is Amazon. It's called Trudy Lim, Spaceship Captain, Earth Detective. It's a science fiction slash detective novel. Um, I'm working on my second book, but I also do video cast, and I used to do um, strictly audio podcast. I started podcasting, I would say, around 2008, and I used to, I actually used to do a music podcast called Cerulean's Love of Music. Um, it's still out there on Blogger, and um, I also did a blog with it. Um, but I retired that around 2010, and then I started doing a pop culture blog, which is Cerulean's Love of Pop Culture. But then that kind of dwindled, and I started doing shows with my podcasting partner, Bayer Brown, and we um, do a show called Scannerdrome. That's really the name of the whole, I guess you call it network or whatever, and the name of the website. Um, but every two weeks, we do shows about TV and books and music and we have interviews, like we've interviewed actors and um, comic book artists and writers. We just, we do all kinds of stuff. Well, that sounds great. Uh, you'll have to send me the link 
to your novel and we'll add that to the show notes um so that would be good uh very cool what's is there a interview you're especially proud of that you were just thrilled you got to talk to the person or someone that was kind of your personal bucket list well i will say the most um the most white whaleish one i guess you could say we got was richard hatch from battlestar galactica i still can't believe he said yes and this it was a year and a half ago and i still can't believe it we interviewed him he talked about a series um an online series he was part of called prelude to axanar which is star trek and he also talked about a movie they're hopefully going to do um called axanar although that's come up against some obstacles, but I really hope they get to do it. So that was awesome. Now, as far as personally, like just the most joy I had doing an interview was with a um, visual effects artist named Joshua S. Johnson. He's out of, um, I want to say, now I've forgotten where he's out of. I think Washington State, somewhere in the North Pacific. But um, he... I actually met him at a convention here in Florida, and he did a he did a thing. He did, he's big into Doctor Who, and I know you love Doctor Who. Um, he actually has this series that he did where he played the master, and so he he kind of talked about how he did special effects on a budget and everything. Mm. But I just we loved having him on because he was such a cool guy, and he just talked about all of his the special effects he did and it's all on his computer and all you know not expensive and we talked about doctor who and it was just just pure fun oh that sounds great mm-hmm. i um so thrilled you joined us and i'm so happy you've got some time to talk uh kate bush but mm-hmm. before you get to that tell me a little bit about you growing up what was your musical you know family life like did you did your family listen to a lot of music? What kind of music did they listen to? What did you like growing up? Well, most of my music um, was influenced from my mother. My mother um, has this story. She went to a, um, a rural Georgia nursing college in, I want to say, Columbia, Georgia. Columbus or Columbus, Georgia. It was very small. And she was the only person on her floor to have a Beatles album. And everyone, all the residents on the hall would come to her room to listen to the Beatles album. And my mother loved the Beatles. So I grew up listening to all that. Although my mother was more like, um, I want to hold your hand, Beatles. She was very much the, you know, more of the proper type Beatles. Whereas I grew into the, you know, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds Beatles. Right. That's where, that's where my mother was like... Well, you know, they they kind of they kind of went past me a little bit there, but I was on ride. I was on, you know, I was on that yellow submarine. I loved it. So that, and she loved Elvis too. So I grew up listening to Elvis. Very cool. Um, so Kate Bush is not as well known here in the U.S. Nope. Um, and you do not run into a lot of casual Kate Bush nope. fans. Um, so how did you find Kate? Well, the funny thing is, um, in 1985, MTV, I, you would not think looking at MTV that they would play this because usually they were playing like ZZ Top. But when Running Up That Hill came out, they played the heck out of that video. They did. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. I loved it so much that that's all I could talk about. I mean, I recorded that video, you know, back in, on my little VCR, and I would play it over and over again. I got the tape, because back then I did tapes. I might have still had a record player, but mostly I did tapes, and I would just play it over and over again in my Walkman. The, um, so I started dating Linda in 1980, and... Um, she talked about um, Kate Bush, and mm-hmm. her mother would always say, oh, "Are you listening to the Strange Lady?" Oh, that's awesome! And um, so Linda was playing me Withering Heights and other things, 
And so we both were thrilled. We got married in 84. So, yeah, to see her get some, a little bit of recognition here in the U.S., kind of the acknowledgement. Um, I'm not sure when. When was the duet with uh, the So? Peter Gabriel? Peter Gabriel, yeah. 1986. Okay. So, yeah, that time period. So, um, what about her captivated you? She is just so passionate, so theatrical. But it's not just a showy theatrical. It's not like, you know, some of the other people from the 70s who just put the glam makeup on and, you know, that was it. There was something wild within her something that I had never seen before and I really haven't seen since I just can't explain it I mean she really takes my breath away so Lola you've taped her video you've mm -hmm. bought the tape mm -hmm. did you start going searching for her older catalog yeah I got it all I was trying to think back I think I had those old albums on actual vinyl I think that I'm I don't remember where I got them. I don't even remember buying them. I just remember. You know what? Okay, I remember now. I remember. I didn't get the tape because the artwork on the albums was so beautiful that I wanted to see the full version. So I specifically bought the records. Yes. Never Forever, um, Lionheart. I wanted the full version of those pictures. So I remember like having the records and taking the records out of the sleeve and looking at the inside because she always had just really intricate like handwriting on on the inside and she would write out little sayings and sometimes the lyrics to the song and I would just remember spending hours just pouring over the you know the the liner sleeves and just being so careful with it because it was so precious um so Lola before her was there any particular um, music artists or groups that were that you enjoyed? Oh, yes. If you talk to my mother, she would tell you the story about how Duran Duran were like her second children. <laughs> she, I, I loved Duran Duran. I was the biggest Duranian in the world, except, of course, there was my nemesis in um, middle school, Peyton, who claimed she was a greater fan than I was, but I don't believe how it could be possible. Not that that still bothers you, because you, you've because you've grown up and have moved past that. You know, I mean, yeah. So I remember her name. No, and I. I <laughs> and I remember how she brought like a cup, a styrofoam cup, to school, and it had like scrawls on it, and she claimed that it it was their signatures. I never believed it. I love that. Um, the besides the theatrics. Um, anything else that spoke to you about her music? Was it the the poetry? Was it the depth? Did you her voice? Her voice, what she does with her voice. I mean, um, I actually saw a documentary on YouTube um, from 2014 with all these different people talking about Kate Bush, and I remember there was this one girl from a band called Bat for Lashes. And she said that she was little when um, Hounds of Love came out, and she said it terrified her because of just all the sounds. I mean, I still, I still am, it, I think it's wondrous that they could even produce this because there's just layer over layer. I mean, it's just so intricate. In fact, this document, that documentary that I'm talking about, Toward the end, they had one of the producers and musicians called Del Palmer, and he was talking about how they did Hounds of Love, um, which is one of her best, most intricate songs. I never thought about it, but he said that like they laid a cello track down twice, and because it's such a dense song. I mean, another thing I can tell you about, one of the first CDs I ever got was Hounds of Love. And I remember um, one of my friends at the time, she loved Kate Bush, too. And we both gathered in my room. I mean, we like gathered around my little white plastic stereo. And we just had our ears up to the speakers and we just couldn't believe the things we would hear. I mean, there were just voices underneath the voices. It was like, you know, the, the ten, 10 levels, you know. I mean, it, it's really like another plane of existence. 
I know that sounds crazy, but if you listen to her music, especially the album Hounds of Love, you would think that you had crossed the river Styx and you were going somewhere. I mean, it's just amazing. Lola, I think a lot of people who get into Kate Bush are theatrical themselves Mm -hmm. and might be big, larger-than-life characters. Mm -hmm. But I think you were the opposite, weren't you? Oh, yeah. I was a mousy little girl. I was very introverted. Um, I had very few friends. I had no brothers or sisters. I pretty much spent my weekends in my room watching TV, reading, or listening to music. And, you know, to see something like this, the first time I saw Running Up That Hill, the video, I remember I was in my mother's room because I remember now, okay, I didn't have cable in my room. The cable was in my mother's room. And I just remember just stopping and getting down to my knees and just staring at the TV, just staring at it. I mean, I didn't even know what to do or what to say. I'd never seen anything like it, never heard anything like it. It was the most mesmerizing thing I'd ever encountered. You know, I think sometimes the beauty of music is it helps you find another part of yourself. And it sounds like this is what her music did to you. Yes, because, I mean, you know, I was quiet. You know, I I pretty much went to school and came home. I didn't, I didn't know anything about art. I didn't know anything about theatrics, or I didn't know even that much about music. Um, I just lived a very day-to-day existence. You know, my name was Lola. I was 14 years old. I went to school here. You know, my dad is this, my mom is this. But, you know, when I saw that, it was like, it was like being transported into a novel and, and actually feeling the novel and very three-dimensional. And my world was very two-dimensional at the time. But this was the my first glimpse of true three dimensions, you know? What other albums started you did you enjoy? Or or, or is there albums that influence you that you that have kind of helped you through tough times? From her? Yes. Or from me? Okay. Um And if you want to you can share others, that's fine. Well, um with Kate, um One of the things that I remember most as far as... One of the things I love about her is that she makes you feel. She makes me feel things I can't even put names to. And um, one of the songs... I was was watching a lot of her videos today. But one of my favorite songs is called Love and Anger. It's from her album called The Sensual World. It's the one right after Hounds of Love, I think 1989. And one of the beautiful things about the song and the video is if you take it at base, face value, it can keep, seem kind of sad because it seems to be about someone who they don't know where to go from here. They're frustrated and they don't know how to make things right with themselves. But just as the video and the song goes on, it, it's almost like she lets go of her love and anger because even though it's you know very frustrating at first toward the middle of the song and then at the end she's joyous and she's laughing and people are throwing gold glitter everywhere and it's just it's just absolutely gorgeous and so it kind of reminds me of just how I can be I mean you'll have moments where you're just so frustrated you know everything seems to be going so wrong but then someone will say something that'll make you laugh or you know you'll see a kitten and all of a sudden it's all broken and you're laughing again Oh, that's great. Have you seen her perform live? No. She um she stopped performing in 78, which is a shame because from what I've seen in videos, she was a wonderful performer. She's a great dancer. Um she even does miming. So I don't know why she stopped, but she stopped performing and she didn't start again until 2014. And as far as I can see, those were all Europe dates. Okay. Um so that's on your bucket list, though, to see her. It would be great. I don't know if it'll ever happen, but right. I would love it. Well, I can tell you right now, if it does anywhere close, um, you and Linda can go together. I would it's, love it's that. sisterhood though. of uh, Kate Bush. 
I would um, love to go with someone who truly appreciates her. I mean, mm-hmm. I love my boyfriend, but he would just be looking like this. Yes. I, I tried to play running up that hill for him once, and I was like, you don't understand. It's just glorious, and it just makes your whole soul feel like it's running and lifting off into clouds. And he was like, huh? I was like, go back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, and she went through a spell. MTV was playing a fair amount of her videos, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I remember cloud bursting. Yes. And, and uh, or cloud busting. And yep. the little bit, I mean, it was a miniature movie. That's one of the things I love about her. People don't do this as much anymore, but all of her songs were their own stories. They were almost like little novels, you know, like short stories. And um, I actually remember reading back then that cloud busting was based on someone named Wilfred, I think, Reinlich. Um, he was a psychologist. There's a whole story behind it. I don't remember anymore what the story is. So, yeah. Hi. Okay, Hi. This, this hey, is, is this Linda? This yeah. is Linda. Hey, Linda. So, it's, I'm very happy to meet another Kate Bush fan. Yes, I'm, they're they're in the U.S. They're far and few between for sure. But I, from what I read, she's still just powerful in England. I mean, just if she, if it takes her five years to put an album out, they wait five years till it comes out. They'll wait, and they'll have talk shows about it. I. I found a documentary on YouTube from 2014, and it's all about Kate Bush, and it's just them talking to different people who love Kate Bush, but they have little um, um, little scenes from talk shows where people are talking about, oh, it's been five years since she's had an album, but we're ready for it. So, I mean, it's a big thing. It's like, we have Kardashian, yay. They have Kate Bush. You know, and the, the interesting thing is that because she is so elusive, that makes her even more interesting, right? I mean, she's so hidden. She hides behind those walls, and she makes her music, and she comes out very seldom. And, like, when she and her husband got divorced, it was, like, the first time that anybody had heard anything personal about her in years. So, mm-hmm. Linda, how did you first find her? Um, a friend of mine uh, who... I was listening to, I liked um, Elvis Costello. Yeah. So a friend of mine who, and I listened to Elvis Costello together, and he said, I think this is going to, you're going to like this. It's a little weird, so you got to get used to her, you know, her voice. So, mm-hmm. but, you know, it, it, it'll get in your head. And so, I mean, I loved her from the very beginning, and I had to force people to listen to her. I yeah. still have to force people to listen to her. Yeah. Um, and so I remember when, you're, you look young, so this won't mean much to you, but when I was, uh, we were like 21 or 22, um, Wuthering Heights came out on VH1 or MTV. Well, I was, I didn't know it at that time, but I was certainly around then. So I remember the first time you see her in like, the, you know, we have these two really dear friends of ours. They both looked at me like, what the heck, mm-hmm. you know? But, um, and they never, I mean, I, I've gotten very few people to convert over. My sister likes several, she likes like, uh, babushka and she mm-hmm. likes um uh rolling the ball and these heavy people so she likes the stuff in the earlier you know some yeah. of the later stuff i don't get oh you know? yeah yeah i mean like, but that's because i haven't you know i i had an inkling to he'd see some stuff about her and i saw that that news thing you were talking about the talk shows and uh-huh. how um and how beloved she is i mean it's like she's a goddess right yeah. So, Linda, I was telling her before you got on, wouldn't you play this for your mom? Wouldn't you yes. play? Yes. So, so, my dad. Please tell that story. So, my dad would go out of town, and when my dad went out of town, he didn't travel much, but when he did, my sister and myself and my mom used to get together. I mean, we would mm-hmm. do, like, I mean, you know, we'd go out to dinner instead of eating at home. We didn't have to worry about our homework as much. I mean, it was just sort of laxy. So, those few days that he was gone was really, really special. And so I brought my mom several times into my bedroom and played her Kate Bush. And she, we listened. I remember the thing that she kept, she kept um, talking about was, um, oh, the one, the show about the, where she's in, in the video, she's um, got the gun and she's in the woods. Army Dreamers. So she was like, what is this song about? And so then 
you know, so I sat there and I explained to her, and then we went to babushka, which is a term that she uses. It's a very old lady, old woman term, right? And okay. so she uses this song, and Mom loved that song because nobody used the word babushka, mm -hmm. right? And then, um, trying to... sound like me my memory's so bad i had to look it all up again i should have i should have if i, knew, if I, if I was playing but i told jess because when he said well you know that um cloud busting is like a little mini uh, is like a little mini movie and i reached over and i said hey all of her stuff now is like little mini movies and he yeah. said well come join for a moment so i'm gonna get off but but um it's it is very and i'm like you if i had a a bath if i had a um a bucket list, seeing Kate Bush somewhere would be on the top of it. Well, I just told her, I don't know if you heard, I said, but if she's anywhere close to Dallas, mm -hmm. Lola can come and you two can go and I, I will if drive. She's, if she's just in the U.S., I'd be happy. I would go. I Seriously. U.S. Right. Yeah, you got that coming. As many times as I've seen Bruce, I think Kate, you owe. We, I owe you. Yeah, and, and he's not a big Kate Bush fan, but he knows... He used to know a lot of music because I played it all the yeah. time. And yeah. it's funny because I've got about five or six songs on my um, on my uh, iPad, iPhone, and and one of them was um, the Gaffa. I have not heard that yeah. in a hundred years. I'm like, suspended oh. in Gaffa. Yes. I, oh my God. Yes. And then the uh, and again, I'm so poor. I'm sorry. Here, you guys are not going to use this on podcast, but oh yeah, we um, this is this but, is gold. But um, oh, yeah. the one where she. They're robbing the bank. Oh, tenor. There goes a tenor. I have not heard that song in 15 years. And I've yeah. been playing it just like yesterday and today. I've played it like five or six times. And then I went out and looked at the videos with all these songs that I've never seen video with. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, oh, my God, she is so tiny. Oh, my God, she is so cute. Oh, my so, God, she is such an artist. So, Lola, a couple of weeks, a couple of months ago or something, I somehow got a, a link to all these women in red doing, okay. uh, yeah. doing uh, was it? Kate Bush, though. Kate Bush. Yep. Really? Uh, yeah. It was, um, oh, okay, so the, the it, it's it's the song that she was in. She's in a field, and it, that may be the first, that may be original Wuthering Heights, where she's in a red dress in a field, yeah. and she's, I think it is, right? I think so. I think that's Wuthering Heights. So there were a bunch of women all in a field. And they all had red dresses on, and they were all doing the same motion. Yeah. What? I will find that link, and I'll send it to you, and I'll Please. put it in the it's show notes. It's pretty freaking cool. Because, you know, I sent it to Linda, and her face lit up the way that if I find her a rare bottle of bourbon. Mm -hmm. and, and she was just like, oh, I can't believe this. I can't believe this. So that's just so great, the passion. Well, I, I it was so great to meet you. Thank you for letting me bust in for a minute, but... You know, there are very few people who know Kate Bush, and I'm so, my mind is so gone. But I if I got five minutes, you and I could have another conversation, and I would be a little bit better prepared. So I would love that. Yeah, it would be great. It was so great to meet you, and let's pray she comes to the U.S. I doubt ever that will have ever happen, but, you know, if she does, you and I are going. We'll make a day. That sounds like a plan. It's very good to meet you. Thank you, Linda. Take care, sweetie. Uh -huh. It's funny, because she was going, no, 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 I can't do this, so that's great. 
one thing you got to love is the passion of Kate Bush fans, right? Mm -hmm. This is, and it is, in a lot of ways, a difficult fandom to be, especially in the U.S. Mm -hmm. The chances of seeing her live are really small. Mm -hmm. And she, I mean, she still puts out new albums, but it's not very often. No. Well, she had 12 years between... um... The Red Shoes, which was 1993, and then Ariel, which was 2005. Okay, so, wow. I guess 12 years, yeah. And so that was a big drought. I honestly thought she would never make an album again, honestly, because she's um she's known for being reclusive. So she had kind of, you know, kind of left the spotlight to raise her son, and I honestly thought she'd never have another album again, which was very sad. And then Ariel came out, and I was like, oh, my God. And it's like, it was almost strange. Part of me was scared to embrace it because it didn't seem real in a way. It was like, it can't be because my mind had been fixed that this is her oeuvre, you know, from 1978 to 1993. This is the complete Kate Bush collection. And then 2005, there's a new album and it's like, and I remember I had the CD and I remember opening the CD and looking at the liner notes and everything and just being like, it felt so surreal. I was like, how can this be? Have I died? So that was the only explanation. <laughs> so Lola, did you feel like you were back in high school? Like, cause you almost described this the same way you described yeah. in high school, you know, taking it out of the album, being careful with the liner notes and the sleeve. And you're describing it exactly the same way from the CD. Well, the funny thing is, I remember where I lived, and I have the same memory when I read the last Harry Potter book. I remember sitting on my bed and just, you know, being so still, you know, I could hear birds outside, and just I just remember just sitting on my bed and staring down at the CD and, like, bringing out the CDs, because there were two, it was a double CD, and just looking at everything and listening to the songs, and then you know, look, looking at the CD again and just, I was just making a whole afternoon out of it. That is awesome. So I'm going to pull back the curtain a little bit here, listeners. You, you're dealing with a true professional, unlike myself. Lola actually has notes and <laughs> she was organized enough to send them in a Google doc to me. So she is greatness. Thanks. Um, so I'm going to, um, I already know the answers, but I want you to share. You have albums or songs that mean a great deal to you. Mm -hmm. So why don't you share a few of them with me and why? Okay. All right. Um, well, All of Hounds of Love is exceptional. I remember um, that was actually a really rough time in my life. Um, we moved and... So I remember having the tape and I remember my room didn't have any furniture. And so I would sit in the middle of an empty room and I would just listening to that. I had my Sony Walkman. I still remember. And I would just listen to that over and over again. And so I was in a new place, no furniture, but I had that to hold on to. And that, I mean, that was my world. I mean, all of the voices in it, all of the sounds, everything. I was part of that world. I wasn't part of Savannah, Georgia anymore. I was part of whatever she was offering. Um, and let's see. I Did, think... Uh, oh, Lola, no, no, no. Did you guys move around a lot when you were young? No. It. Um, we'll just say that my parents were going through a time. Okay. Yeah, we'll just say that. So. Okay. Um, the reason I ask, because it sounds eerily sim similar, uh, my dad was in the Army, mm -hmm. and we moved around a lot as okay. I was a child, and comic books were my constant yeah. companion. Definitely. Um, I, no matter, because, you know, you start a new school, you don't know anyone, but Superman's there. Mm -hmm. The Legion of the Superheroes are there, you know, and... And Batman, and I was a big DC guy, and I noticed you have a beautiful DC poster behind you. Oh, yes. Um, so they were, you know, comic books were my constant companion growing up. Um, so I, I can imagine the security 
of listening to that and especially a a walkman we're now used to it we're now very much it's used to having you know your iphone or your mp3 player and earbuds but back then it was so intimate yes intimate Mm -hmm. is the best word absolutely Mm -hmm. listening to the music so oh yeah um so wow thank you that's so great so go on other ones um i think the one that affected me the most is this woman's work some people over here might know it because it was in the movie she's having a baby and it's from um the central world also and it's just it's heartbreaking um it seems to be about um a woman who's in childbirth and it seems like maybe she is going to die or she has passed away um, because it's talking about how the man has to learn the craft of being a father. And it's sort of about the past they had, but how he has to move on. And so it's just heartbreaking because, you know, just to think you've got a new life, which is supposed to be joyous, but then there's so much pain with it. And it's like an ending and a beginning. And her voice she just embodies this feeling so much. I mean, I, I honestly feel, and she wasn't even a mother at the time. And I certainly wasn't. I was, you know, 17 years old. But I I felt everything. I felt what it must have felt like to, you know, have a mother lost, you know, in childbirth or to lose your mother or, you know, to be the father who's lost his partner and has to face this uncertain future alone. That's that's really beautiful and um yeah I'll have to check that one out um I'm sure Linda's gonna tell me I've played it for you you yeah you know probably. yes um okay uh, what else um well also she she must be psychic because she understood us long before you know, our future. She knew our future. There's another song from the central world called deeper understanding. And it's about a person talking to her computer and she doesn't want to leave her computer. Wow. Yeah. It's called deeper understanding. And this was back in 1989. She, she saw our future. Oh, and, and the scariness of the intimacy of that. Wow. Very cool. And I mean, I just went through that recently. I was without my phone for four days and I actually cried a few times. It was horrible. And so, you know, she, she probably didn't realize the computer would be four inches by two inches, but you know, she had our number 17 years ago. It is so true, Lola. And I I try to remind myself that it is, it is rude to be staring at your phone when you're mm-hmm. with other people yeah. you know, and try to put it in your pocket, keep it away. But it is captivating and you are just drawn to that. Um, that's, yeah, that's very um, speculative, future-ish. Mm-hmm. You know, that's awesome. And then I see in your notes, love and anger. Talk to me about that. <gasps> favorites that um that might have been the first single from the sensual world from 1989 um the video is beautiful the song if you look at the video she starts off she's got like um this um what do you call it like um staff like a you know archaic staff and she just she's at attention and she looks so stoic and 
determined and, and I'm just gripped. I'm like, what's going on? You know, you just want to know what has captivated her so much. And the lighting is beautiful because it's dark, but then there's like a light, like she's on the stage and you see um, ballerinas behind her and she's talking to this person and, you know, she's saying, Basically, why are you so frustrated? Why are you so angry? Can't you just let it go? And then somehow, some point during the song, I can't even pinpoint when it happens, she relaxes and you see that in the song, the person is letting it go. And then all of a sudden, where it had been dark, it starts to light up and you see gold um, glitter everywhere and she's happy and, and it's just suddenly becomes joyous. It's just like, you go from one extreme to the other, and it's seamless. I, I got to tell you, Lola, I am I am so glad I have notes because I, I want to check all these out. Yes. This is – it just – they sound absolutely beautiful. Um, I'm also really intrigued by this rubber band girl. Yes. This story. Talk to me about that because um, this sounds hilarious. Well, what's funny is it's from her album, The Red Shoes. This was four years after um, The Sensual World. So this was 1993. So we'd waited for four years. It's a total break from any of your previous music. Um, I, I had a hard time warming it up to it at first because it's so different. It doesn't have the drama. Um, it, it just It's a little more straightforward and it's, it's more fun. It's honestly just fun, at least... Some of it, I can't say all of it, but a lot of it is just fun. And she's got more Latin influences, particularly on when a song called Eat the Music and Rubber Band Girl. Um, she she actually has sort of like um, Latin type instruments um, in it. And um, the video, it cracks me up because in a way she's making fun of her theatrical past. Because um, first of all, she's known in her videos for having these elaborate costumes and for elaborate dancing like you were talking about with swaying in the wind well in this video no elaborate sets no elaborate costumes it's actually in a rehearsal space and she's in her rehearsal clothes so basically it's like they filmed the rehearsal and even the dancing is stilted like she's still learning the choreography so i like that and in a way you could say well maybe that's her starting over you know, because also one of the things I kind of knew, but I didn't really know um, in that documentary I watched today, um, in that year, she broke up with her husband, I guess husband or boyfriend, Del Palmer, which was one of her musicians and producers. And so some of the songs do deal with that. So I guess it makes sense that in a way she was breaking away from that past and starting new. So she's got this whole range of music she's never explored before. And particularly in Rubber Band Girl, um, like I said, they make they kind of make fun of her past because in all of her videos, there would always be a wind machine. She would always be spinning around and wind would be in her hair. Well, at the end of Rubber Band Girl, you see a wind mach machine break in the door like it's the Kool-Aid man. And another guy is chasing it and he can't get it to stop and then he can't get it to turn off and they have to try to get it to turn off and everything's blowing everywhere. So it's just, it's kind of nice. It's like, you know, I guess it does mark like she's been in her career at this point for 15 years and it kind of marks a break between her past and her future. That is awesome. I am now ready to go start Googling. Well, uh -oh. YouTube is your friend. She's got a Vivo and a regular Kate Bush um, music account. And plus, you, everyone, I mean, there are tons of videos on there. I mean, uh, some of the videos are just like stills to the music, but still, you know, you can hear the music. And as far as videos go, I mean, some of her videos were way ahead of, of her time, especially the ones from Hounds of Love and The Sensual World. They just had um, excellent production value, just, just gorgeous. Okay, I... um. You, you've shared a lot about yourself, but is there anything else, um, a story you want to share share about, you know, so, a song or a, a moment where it was kind of something special to you or uh, something memorable? Well, this is just kind of a weird, funny story. It's not that it's really special. It's more like memorable. Um, I've always been an 
we'll say easily influenced person. I mean, I get like in spells where like I'll get convinced of something, you know, I mean, one time I was convinced that a statue would come to life. It turned out to be my cat. So, but anyway, so I get, I get on these tangents where like my imagination just takes over. Well, there's a song that she does called Watching You Without Me, and it is absolutely haunting. I mean, it gives me chills. It's um about, it's told from the point of view of a ghost, and it seems like this person had just passed over, and the person is visiting his other half and just saying, you know, I'm watching you without me, you know, and, and the other person is waiting for the person to come home. I remember one time... I, I was just obsessed with the song and I listened to it over and over again. And I guess I listened to it too much maybe because it kind of creeped into my psyche. And I remember I was waiting for my roommate to get home and I just got, got the chills and I just got this weird feeling. And I was looking at the clock and he was late and I was like, oh my God, something's happened. And I just kept listening to the song and then it kind of became almost real. I'm not... I'm, I, I'm not on any medication for that type of thing. I'm, you know, it's not, I don't have any kind of issue here. It's just, I just get really wrapped up in my music and I managed to convince myself that he had died and he was in the, in the apartment watching me, you know? Wow. Yeah. So that, that had an effect on me that basically what that tells me is I don't need to get so immersed in music because it can, it can kind of blur the lines for me sometimes. Okay, so it's this year or next year. Uh, Kate Bush has come to somewhere where you and Linda can go. Mm -hmm. Can you give me your top songs that... Well, first off, let's throw it out there. Whatever I assume whatever she wants to play, you're going to be happy. Oh, you yeah. Know, you've seen Kate Bush. You're thrilled. Yes. But do you have a few songs that you i disappoint it's the wrong word but you're like if i've got my little kate bush bingo card these are the ones i want to check off and i thought about it i looked at all the discography because i wanted to make sure i got a good range you know because i do tend to get stuck in albums like i said you know i can play the same thing over and over again so i don't want to get stuck in one album um so i would say the number one thing would be running up that hill it's the first song i had it's still one of the most visceral songs I know of. I mean, I almost feel like someone's pulling my chest out when I hear it. I feel like someone's pulling me to run up that hill. Absolutely. So I, would, I, I could see that. Yeah, I would love to hear that live. I mean, I don't know if it would be the same because in the recorded version, I mean, there are just so many layers and so many, um, you know, three-dimensional aspects to it. So I'm not really sure how it would translate live, but I'd still be thrilled to hear it. Um, and also another song from that same album, th that whole album is just so visceral and, and so imaginative. I would love to hear the whole album, but another song is called Waking the Witch. And it's so creepy because, um, I, it see, I think it's about like, um, a, a woman has been accused of being a witch and they're witch hunting her and they're about to like hang her. And so you hear, it even startled me at work today. I was listening to it on YouTube and the way they have the voices come, you know, the people who are accusing her, they have one voice from here and one voice from over here and just, it's all surrounding you. I am not kidding you. One of the voices came over here and I went <gasps> and turned around. I thought someone was behind me. So I, mean, I would love to hear that. I mean, but once again, I just don't know how it would translate live because I don't know if you would need to have all those people there, if it would just be a recording. Before I move on to your wish list, I'm going to throw an audible in here. Okay. Um, currently, um, my musical obsession, Bruce Springsteen, mm -hmm. is touring and he's doing The River in its entirety. Nice. Yes. And he's doing it every night. And then that takes about two hours. And then he does another hour and 15 minutes of other songs. And so it's been beautiful because he's going back to this classic album that and he's now 66 looking at music mm -hmm. he wrote in his 30s mm -hmm. so is there one album that if you were going to you know, like okay kate um you're going to do an album you know concert where you're going to do an album in its entirety 
Is there one you'd want? Hounds of Love. Okay. It's my favorite. I still think it's her best. It's a masterpiece. Okay. Okay. Very nice. It's it's her pet sounds. Um, yes. Darkness on the Edge of Town or Born to Run, depending on. Okay. All right. So after Waking the Witch, what's your next one? Um, Love and Anger. Okay. Like I said. Um, also, The Sensual World, um, another beautiful song and a beautiful video. Um, I didn't know this. I should know this because I was an English major. But the lyrics are actually um, sort of a rewritten version of a passage from James Joyce's Ulysses. Um, because she goes, yes. She'll like say something and she'll go, yes. And and it's just gorgeous. It's It's about like embracing sensuality but not not so much you know like a sexual way but more like just feeling everything around you being present and just just being aware of everything and taking everything and it just when i hear it it just makes me just want to take everything i just want to be everything so i would love for her to do that um okay also, also some of the older ones sometimes i tend to forget the older ones like linda was saying I'll go years without hearing some of the songs, but then I hear one and I'm like, I love this. And I'll play it over and over again. I forget sometimes how much I love them. So I wanted to make sure I got some of the older ones. Um, Symphony in Blue is from Lionheart. It's just, it's, it starts off sweetly. It just seems like a very sweet song, but then she just adds that Kate Bush, you know, just that intensity. And, and she's just, even though it's sweet, it's still intense. And it's just one of those songs that I could listen to over and over again. Um, and another one that I would absolutely love, Linda also mentioned this, Babushka. Um, it's just, oh, it's a fierce song. Um, it's, it actually has a great story. It's another one of those stories, the songs that's a story. Um, it's about a woman. Let's see if I can get this right. Um, a woman thinks that her husband is cheating, and so she conceals herself. If I'm getting, if I'm remembering it right, she conceals herself and pretends to be a younger woman, and then he ends up falling in love with the younger woman. So she kind of gets what she thought she'd get. Anyways, it's just it's it's a funny song. It's a very gregarious song. It has a lot of energy, and I would love to see that live. Okay, good. Um. is uh, this has been fascinating i um i see you have some notes here about the documentary uh we're going to put that note in there um anything sp specific you want to call out about that you found interesting watching this especially as someone who's been a fan for so long well, it was very sad because um, they had a musician on there. I vaguely knew who he was, but I never really paid attention. His name is Tricky, and um, he's like a sort of trip-hop type musician from England. And it was so sad because he was talking about her song, Breathing, where she has a refrain where she says, Breathing my mother in, it's beautiful. Well, he said <clears throat> that his mother committed suicide when he was very young, and so his whole life, his career, everything has been about m making right with that and coming to terms with that and, and thinking about his mother. And he says that every time he hears that refrain, it's like it was made for him. That's his whole life. So interesting. Mm -hmm. um, okay, um, we're coming up to an hour, so we're going to call it. If Thank you so much for being on this. If someone wants to find you, where do they find you at? Um, I have my own website, lolalaracy.com. That's L-O-L-A-L-A-R-I-S-C-Y.com. Um, and also, I'm part of Scannerdrome. That's S-C-A-N-N-E-R-D-R-O-M-E. -E. Um, we have a website, scannerdrome.com. We're on Google Plus and Twitter. And we do YouTube video shows. Um, we have one coming up Saturday. Actually, we usually do more than one in a day. Um, I haven't made the event yet, but if you go to our YouTube page, when I get it up, you'll see an event for it. Um, and it'll stay up there. It'll be archived there until the end of time. But we have one-off interviews once in a while, too. Okay, awesome. Um, and I know you just recently 
uh, visited with Charles and Karen mm -hmm. on the Fandom Zone podcast. Mm -hmm. And coming up, you're going to talk Doctor Who with Charles and I. Yep. Yeah. So we're excited about that. I can't wait to hear about your Whovian. Yeah. And um, good. Um, did you give your Twitter? Uh, oh, um, my Twitter is at Lola Laracy. And Scannerdrome's Twitter is at Scannerdrome Mag, M-A-G. And I'm pretty much the Twitterer behind that. Um, okay. Every once in a while, like every few months, one of my cohorts will go in and tweet something. And I'll be like, who's that? What are they doing in my Twitter? <laughs> but it's 99.9% .9 me. Okay, very nice. Um, well, if you want to be on the podcast and talk about Bruce or your musical obsession and all that implies, send us an email at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. Uh, we'd also like feedback. Uh, tell us what you like about us. Tell us what you don't like about us. Give us suggestions on what uh, you'd like us to talk about at that same email address. We have a Facebook page and a Twitter account, setlustingbruce. And we'd also appreciate you going to iTunes to rate and review us or Stitcher. It helps people find us. Lola, this was a blast. Mm -hmm. um, this was even more fun than I thought it was going to be. Thank and I you. was, I have been anticipating this ever since we talked about it. Um, so normally we end with me doing a Bruce quote, mm -hmm. but I'm throwing it to you. you. I said, if you wanted to close us with a Kate Bush quote, I think that would be absolutely perfect. So. Yeah, this is from the song I've been talking about, Love and Anger. Um, and at this point in the song, she's talking to the person about his frustration because she obviously can't understand what is going on and he can't explain it. And she says, if you can't tell your sister, if you can't tell the priest because you think it's so deep that you can't speak about it to anyone, can you tell it to your heart? Can you find it in your heart to let go of these feelings like a bow to a southerly wind? It could be like two strings beating, speaking in sympathy. And I just love it. And you have to hear her sing it because there's so much hope in there. That's that is absolutely beautiful. Thank so, you. So, Lola, thank you so much. We will have to have you on again. You're and very well. uh, so have a great night. Thanks everyone. Bye. the American dream, the big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship. The studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now.
Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.